meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, the truth is, I envy you. I envy you because you can do it in a way that a minister never can, never will. You can be witnesses. You can be messengers. You can proclaim the good news. Because you see, for me, the minute people find out what I do, I'm scuppered. My usefulness as a witness is over because they either expect or assume that if I'm a minister, then of course I'd be on the side of the faith. 
It's no surprise that I would say good things about Christianity. So they kind of tune me out. Because they know I'll probably be plugging the party line. Or else the other thing that happens when you're a minister is that at parties, you always end up in the kitchen with the guilt-ridden Catholic. Or you find yourself talking to the person who lets you know how the church let them down once. How the minister wouldn't baptise my child or they wouldn't let us get married in church. And I'm just a minister. So as a witness to the faith, in the normal scheme of things, I'm hopelessly compromised, predictable, useless. And of course I also don't have the access that you have. Not to your office, your staff canteen, your circle of friends, your neighbours and family, your classroom. You are the one who can surprise people. You're the one who can be effective, impressive. You can get alongside the people who are there and you are the one who can demonstrate to them the consistency of life and faith, the continuity that leaves people who are connected with your story posing the question, raising and exploring the issues, wondering what it is that works for you that makes you the person you are. Yes, you can be witnesses. You are the witnesses. And that doesn't require that you stand at a street corner with a banner and a big drum. We know now that it doesn't help in our time to be aggressive, to be in your face, dogmatic and insensitive, triumphalist and arrogant. It doesn't help to conform to people's worst caricatures of Christians and what they're like the loopy end of wacky that so often and so unfairly and unkindly is portrayed in the media. There is no place for, because it puts people off, the foot in the door, the arm up the back, the ramming religion down people's throats. And we wouldn't do that anyway because we know it doesn't work. But we are... Sorry, you are the witnesses. In the things that you say in the course of life's normal encounters. Uh, I was at church on Sunday, it felt like whatever. Yeah, I helped work with the church youth group. Oh, we had a great service at Easter time. Oh, we tried out a new hymn on Sunday, it really worked well. And already you're beginning, beginning to intrigue people. They're beginning to raise questions in their mind. There's nothing loud about this. There's nothing brash. We're not shoving your certainties in their faces. But you are witnesses to the faith. In the things that you do. And your willingness to listen to people and be dependably discreet. How you demonstrate integrity and fairness in the workplace. The fact that you're faithful and committed in worship and Christian service. People see those things. 
They see and they think and they wonder what is going on. The compassion you demonstrate towards the wider needs of the world bears testimony to those who observe your conduct across a range of connections and they see that consistent behaviour between what you say and how you live. And when you're someone who's prepared to stand alongside the vulnerable and show solidarity with the cause of the fragile and the sidelined, then it's clear for all to see that this faith you have embraced has some currency in the real world, in the need and pain of real people who need help and need to find meaning in their story. So your life-embracing, life-affirming stance is like a signpost to people. The blessing and the enrichment that faith brings, you point towards that by your life. And that's a challenge to people out there who are locked into a mindset that pretty much has written off religion in general and Christianity in particular as some kind of cramping, restrictive set of rules and regulations. But when the things that you do and the life that you live shows commitment to particular values that run deep, that mean you walk a specific road, the cumulative effect is a powerful and unavoidable declaration of faith in the gospel. If your lifestyle is respectful and true and your attitudes are marked by generosity of heart and tolerance and compassion and devoid of prejudice and narrow-minded thinking so that your, your whole contribution to the human story is a positive one, you are then indeed salt and light in the world. When without priggishness, or censorious judgmentalism, you deal with other people in a big-hearted, open fashion, then you build that nexus between faith and life with consistency and integrity. And in our mixed-up, mumbled-up, jumbled-up world, that is pretty special. People see it, and then there is a witness to the faith in the gospel and the Christ we serve. For us, silence is not an option. People need to know why we are walking the road we have chosen. It's not enough for them to talk among themselves and say, yeah, they're they're decent folk, actually, they're they're better than nice. They're good to be around, they're good to have around. It's not about us any more than it was about those first witnesses to Easter who wanted to make sure there was no misunderstanding the messenger is definitely of little importance. It was the message that mattered. Silent witness is all right for forensic scientists, but not for the Christian. And it's not about big fanfares being sounded at the street corner while you stand under a banner and berate passers-by with the eternal verities of the gospel. You're not going to do that, and even if you did, it really wouldn't necessarily be the best witness you could muster. It's about, in the course of our life, 
offering an invitation to this event or that, this meeting or that, this occasion where the gospel will be presented or that. To the dinner party where people will encounter lively, loving, life-affirming people who happen also to be Christians. It can be a quiet word in the natural process of things about how much our faith means to us, the difference it makes to how we live. Not, here is an answer to every question you'll ever have about life and the universe. Just a humble, this is where I am, this is what helps me. Here's what I believe in. And if it's true that action speaks louder than words, caring and generous action in the name of Christ speaks volumes. The faithfulness of our commitment within the life of the people of God, how we worship, how often, where our Christian service takes us and what it costs us, how we never cast anyone off, because we've grown impatient with the sometimes hard discipline of loving. And maybe that patience is most demanding when we're dealing with a witness to our own family, husbands or wives or children, who sometimes take a long, long, long time to appreciate the depth and the influence of our faith in shaping the people we are and how different we'd be without it. There are no quick fixes on that one. And we have to learn to show that our dream of them sharing the the journey with us will never die. And we will never give up praying for them and hoping and waiting and trusting that they will see and they will understand and they will choose. And that's only genuine, that only works. Because at the core of this witnessing business... It's not that we want to win the argument. It's not that we want to win the argument. We only want to love people. We're only driven by a desire that everyone find their way to life and enrichment that Christ brings and offers every single person. And here's the thing. There are no restrictions at all as to who can do that witnessing effectively and with power. When my old mum had her stroke in her 80th year and she was pretty much restricted to her own home, she continued her career as a witness to the faith with renewed energy and dedication. Though her physical world had shrunk to almost nothing, in her new situation, lots of new people were crossing her path. Nurses to give her her injection for her diabetes four times a day. Carers, home helps, health visitors, social workers, ambulance drivers, daycare centre workers, neighbours looking in from time to time. A whole catalogue of contacts to whom she could quietly say something. To whom she could be someone whose attitudes and interest in them and wise counsel and deep faith would pose some questions, present a puzzle they would be intrigued to unpick. And she had the chance sometimes to make statements about life and death that would require those people to reassess their own attitudes, their own convictions. 
this new field of possible potential witnesses, one of the great stimulations of her life. In the same way as St. Paul saw his incarceration in prison as just one more way to witness to those around him. So instead of feeling useless for the work of the gospel because she couldn't walk anymore, this now 84-year-old woman found opportunity. Because the reality was that all those people who were coming inside her door were people living life in the real world and they knew brokenness and they'd been bashed about a bit by circumstance. And they knew loneliness and abandonment and breakup and stress and personal crisis and guilt and failure. They needed the gospel. They knew meaninglessness in their life. And so the gospel of Jesus and his grace brought hope and possibilities of a new beginning. So just because you're creaking at the joints, or shy, or have a stutter, or have this seeming limitation or that, does not in any way disqualify you from being an effective and a crucial witness to the faith. You'll have noticed that Christianity and Christian witness is often caricatured in the media. Christians are presented as being a bit weird. And there is some weird stuff out there that would claim to be Christian, but it's full of hate and prejudice and culpable naivety. And in general, being weird doesn't work. Weird gets in the way. No matter how sincere or dedicated or zealous someone is in their proclamation, it doesn't help. It makes for confusion if we make ourselves wacky and zany or so arrogant and insensitive towards others that the truth we're trying to declare is obscured by our attitudes. It's not in the business of the church to find some kind of bland, harmless message that would keep everybody on side and be more socially acceptable. There are differences between the Christian life and other lives. But there is something counterproductive if we deliberately emphasize the differences so that Christian life appears to be so off the wall and so out of the reach of real ordinary people that how we present it undermines the mission. The Christian gospel is disturbing. It's about tough love, tough truth. It's not cozy, it's challenging. It's not our business to bend over backwards to accommodate the attitudes of the world around us. It is our task to make sure that nothing we say or do or hesitate to say or neglect to do intrudes, distracts, puts people off who might otherwise embrace the Christ of Christianity. Were it not for the lovelessness and the harshness and the dogmatism or the oddness of some of his followers. We have such good news to bring to people. Liberty to captives. Release to prisoners. Deliverance to the oppressed. Hope to the hopeless. Love for those who ache to be loved. How can we keep silent, we witnesses, to the gospel? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.